Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina istafa khususan ala sayyidir rusuli wa khatamil anbiya wa ala alihi laskiya wa ashabihi latqiya amma ba'd Imam Abu Hamid Al-Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala in his book Bidayatul Hidayah the beginning of guidance he points out a very beautiful observation that when a person decides to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when a person chooses that they wish to act out against their creator, the human being is so weak, so incapable, that to disobey Allah, they need to use what Allah gave them in the first place. They have to use the limbs, the body, the things that Allah gave them. They can't even disobey Allah on their own. And the irony here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us these blessings in our life so we can utilize them to obey Him and worship Him. So we use these eyes to disobey Allah. But the question is, why did Allah give you these eyes in the first place? To read the Qur'an, to adore this beautiful creation of Allah and do dhikr of Him, to remember Him, to connect with Him. This is basically what every other page of the Qur'an tells us to do. To look and marvel over the creation of Allah and find a deeper connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't be blind while you're walking around or while you're driving. See the beauty of this creation. How amazing and miraculous it is and there is no way a human being can create this. Man-made cities fall apart within a few decades. This world was created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before the humans arrived. And while we live here and all what we've done to it, yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still sustains it and maintains it. So we'll see that sometimes people have arrogance due to things that are innately in them that they had nothing to do with. So a person may have arrogance over their beauty, their face structure, maybe their height. The truth is that you had nothing to do with this. You didn't apply for it, you didn't work for it. This was purely a gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given someone beauty, they should be grateful to Allah and be humble about it, not use it to forget Allah and be arrogant against Him. Similarly, sometimes it's not something that's innately in you. Maybe it's something you worked a little to develop. Maybe some knowledge that you've put some effort into. You weren't born with it. But even then, remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gives knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا As the Qur'an tells us to say that there is no knowledge but that which you have given us. Those of us that have memorized the Qur'an know very well that this Qur'an that we have memorized is purely a gift of Allah. Tomorrow morning I can wake up and forget the whole Qur'an. And there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing. This is purely a gift of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given it, whether you've memorized two pages, ten pages, ten Jews, or the whole thing. Ilm is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the sneakiest way that I would say that 
arrogance makes its way into ourselves. Into ourself is when we fall in love and give too much attention to the material dunya world that we live in. It's a very tricky place to be. Because the dunya, the material world that we exist in, that we function in, is necessary. Without it, there's no life. How do you fulfill your obligations? How do you contribute to society? We need men and women in our community, young and old, who are successful so they can contribute and help those that are in need. And also contribute towards the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for themselves, not because the deen needs it. And therefore, as a community, we grow and we establish that the, the folks who are working in the masjid to maintain the masjid every day and those that are outside the masjid are working together so that the masjid goes forward. So that the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes forward. It's necessary. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told the companions, طَلَبُ كَسْبِ الْحَلَالِ فَرِيضَةٌ بَعْدِ الْفَرِيضَةٌ That seeking halal is an obligation. One sahabi came and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw him asking. And he said, what are you doing? You're a young person. You shouldn't be asking. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam very quickly sent him off to gather wood. That you go gather wood and sell it, but don't go around asking people. You're, you're young, you have the ability. The issue is that when you have something that you need, you are amazed by its beauty, and then unfortunately you fall in love with it and you forget where you were actually headed to. You become obsessed with the asbab and forget the maqasid. That a person is so in, bedazzled by the world they see that they forget about where they're actually headed to. They're so in awe by the gas station that they forget to actually leave the gas station. That you can't stay at the Bucky's all day. Like it's nice, you enjoy it, but you gotta drive on. You gotta move on to Austin, you gotta go to Houston, you gotta go to Dallas, wherever you're going, you gotta keep moving. But when a person sees a world and they've spent enough time there, they begin to believe that is the only world. And there's nothing after that. If a person were to have a conversation with a child in the mother's womb and ask them to describe their world, they would describe the lining of their mother's womb, that this is my world. That they can't see, can barely breathe, but that's the world that they would describe. And if someone told them that very soon you will be out of here, and you will enter into a world that has a beautiful sky, that has amazing clouds, lofty tall mountains, rivers that are green, blue, and pure fresh water that the moment it touches your lips, you feel pleasure and happiness. There is a breeze in this dunya that brings calmness to the heart. That in this dunya, there are all sorts of terrain. There is dark soil, red soil, there is sand, there is white sand. That when you go out there, you will see human beings who are way taller than you and way stronger than you. Their strength compared to yours, yours is nothing. They have houses that are like mansions. In their houses, they have food that they can eat for months to come. They have access to technology that allows them to communicate with people outside of this dunya. Forget the world. We're past that phase. That they're communicating with, you know, astronauts outside of this world. They're sharing live feed outside of this dunya. There is a world out there that has things that you can't really understand, but wait, one day you will get there. That infant will probably say, okay, buddy, move on. Go feed this fairy tale to someone else. But then the baby enters into the world and slowly but surely it sees the dunya for what it is and is in awe and amazement that, wow, this is wild. And the 
person is so astonished by how much this dunya has to offer. The example of this is kind of like when you take your kids to a theme park, if you take them to Disney World or something, when you go there, the kids are just uh, overstimulated with their senses. There's so much, the smell is very carefully crafted and the colors and lights are very carefully crafted and everything is so overwhelming that at the end of the day when the parents say, okay, we're done with this place, we're tired, it's time to move on, the kids cry. No, I don't want to leave, I don't want to leave, this is life, this is my dream come true. But just like every theme park will close, just as the child will exit its mother's womb, we are in the womb of this dunya at this moment and we will exit this dunya as well. Return back to where we came from, we came from minha khalaqnakum mafiha nu'idukum from this soil you were created to it you will return. Wa minha nukhrijukum taratan ukhra. Arrogant people are arrogant over what? Arrogant over the dunya that they have? A poet says, Tarjul baqa'a bidarin la baqa'a lahu. Tarjul baqa'a bidarin la baqa'a lahu. That you hope for eternity in a world that has no existence, it doesn't remain. Have you ever heard of a shadow that doesn't recede? Every morning you get to see a shadow that comes into existence from nowhere and it grows and grows and grows until it reaches its point and then what happens? It turns back, right? It, it grows and then it recedes. That's literally your life that you start from nothing and reach your peak and then from there you head back. Similarly, Imam Shafi'i, the great faqih, scholar, and a master in language, uh, one could even claim a poet in his own right. He writes, وَمَنْ يَذُقِدْ دُنْيَا فَإِنِّي طَعِمْتُهَا وَمَنْ لَمْ يَذُقِدْ دُنْيَا فَإِنِّي طَعِمْتُهَا And as for the one that has not tasted the pleasure of the world, فَإِنِّي طَعِمْتُهَا I have. وَسِيقَ إِلَيْنَا عَذْبُهَا وَعَذَابِهَا فَلَمْ أَرَهَا إِلَّا غُرُورًا وَبَاطِلًا كَمَا لَاحَ فِي ظَهْرِ الْفَلَاتِ سَرَابُهَا That I have seen this dunya. I have seen the sweetness of it and the bitterness of it. And I'll tell you, its example is like something that's shining in an opening desert and when you get there, what is it? سَرَابُهَا It's a mirage. There's nothing really there. It just keeps promising you, it keeps promising you and what you learn in life and the adults here will agree with me that no matter how much wealth you get to, you end up finding yourself in equal or more debt. No matter how much wealth you get into, you find yourself in equal or more debt. وَمَا هِيَ إِلَّا جِيفَةٌ مُسْتَحِيلَةٌ عَلَيْهَا كِلَابٌ هَمُّهُنَّ إِشْتِذَابُهَا فَإِن تَجْتَنِبْهَا كُنْتَ سِلْمًا لِأَهْلِهَا that the example of this is like a body that dogs are fighting over trying to pull it in its own direction. Every animal is coming and trying to yank it and pull it. That come to me, come to me. And if you jump in that pot, you will now be with those dogs. They will be your competition. Those are the people that you're going to have to deal with. One of the mashayikh gave a beautiful example. He said the example of the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us in our interaction with this dunya is like a person who is traveling and they're on a ship. The ship pulls up to some island for some break and the captain on the ship says, you can go and stretch your legs and 
come back, make sure you're back on time, otherwise the ship's gonna be gone. So there are people who get off and they stretch their legs, use the washroom, freshen up a little, and they come back early. They don't spend too much time there. and They know that this is just a brief stop, so when they come back early, they get a good seat. They get to store their luggage away. They're sitting in a more comfortable place. And as for those who push it, push it, push it, there are those who may even miss the ship, but then there are those who will make it last second, but there will be no place for them to <clears throat> sit and store their luggage away so they will be carrying their luggage on their heads until they reach their destination. And this is the burden that we're speaking of, that you now have to carry your own burden because you've chosen to be distracted. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran where he says, that this hunger and drive for abundance of wealth, it will destroy you. It will surely destroy you. You may think that I can handle this snake and this serpent, that I am the person that knows how to handle this monster, this beast, this lion, I can slay the dragon. And everyone gets into the ring thinking the same thing, that I can slay the dragon, I can slay the dragon. But this dunya has dropped great people before us. They looked at it in the eye and they fell in love with it and then after that they were never seen again. If I were to tell you the number of people who I know were regular in our own masajid, and not one masjid I'm talking about, just through the years, an observation. And then the moment their businesses took off, they were unseen. We have husn al inshallah. But the truth is also known deep in our heart because this was told to us by Rasulullah So we also know that too, right? We also know that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells us, and the Quran tells us, that this will continue to happen until you check yourself. And the more you engage with the dunya, the more you need to remember, ذُلٌ زَائِلٌ It will leave. The more you need to remember that you will leave. Therefore, in the next ayah, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? الْحَاكُمُ التَّكَاثُرُ What's next? حَتَّى زُرْتُمُ الْمَقَابِرُ you will need to be regular in the graveyards. You will need to walk up and down and see what happened to people who came before. Big names, amazing people, but today they are nowhere to be seen. The famous Abu Al-Itahiyya, he was a poet as well. He has a long qasida on this topic. It's very long to read the whole thing even though I really desire to read it. But I'll share a few lines with you so we can appreciate the deep message that he leaves for us in these very wise, concise lines. فَإِنَّكَ مِنْ طِينٍ خُلِقْتَ وَمَائِ لَقَلَّ إِمْرُؤٌ تَلْقَاهُ لِلَّهِ شَاكِرًا وَقَلَّ إِمْرُؤٌ يَرْضَى لَهُ بِقَضَائِ وَلِلَّهِ نَعْمَاءٌ عَلَيْنَا عَظِيمَةٌ وَلِلَّهِ إِحْسَانٌ وَفَضْلُ عَطَائِ وَمَا الدَّهْرُ يَوْمًا وَاحِدًا فِي إِخْتِلَافِهِ وَكُلُّ أَيَّامِ الْفَتَى وَمَا كُلُّ أَيَّامِ الْفَتَى بِسَوَائِ There's one line that's Beautiful, and it really captures what we were speaking of right now. I went to the graves of those that were show-offs, that were really big and boastful of themselves. I don't see. Where is the beauty gone? 
Where's all that pump gone of yours that you were so big on? Where is that fancy car gone? I don't see it anymore. Even though before they were people of wealth and beauty. In the last line, he says, You were created for one of these two, so don't sleep. You were created for one of the two. You have to choose. There needs to be a conscious decision in your life. What are you going to spend the remaining days of your life running after? And be in between fear and hope. Because if you lose your fear, you will lose your objective. And if you lose your hope, again, you will lose your objective. You're headed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every day, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa tells us that our graves call out to us. Every day they call out to us. Where you will be buried, where I will be buried is already destined and it's written. You can choose to be in denial of it. But that grave won't stop calling you until you make your way to it. And at that point, the hisab will start, the aman will stop. Accountability will start, but actions will be gone. Today, right now, in this world, in this moment, we have freedom. You can choose to love Allah right now. You can choose to remember Him. You can choose to do dhikr while you're at your work. You can choose to stop for salah. You can choose to say enough is enough. You choose that. But once you're in your grave, it's too late. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us not in one place in the Quran, but so many places that on the day of judgment, all of these crooks and criminals will say the same thing. رَبَّنَا أَبْصَرْنَا وَسَمِعْنَا فَرْجِعْنَا نَعْمَلْ صَالِحًا أَوْ تَقُولَ حِينَ تَرَ الْعَذَابِ لَوْ أَنَّ لِي كَرَّةً Not in one place, so many places. Allah Azawajal says they will all say one thing. Ya Allah, one more chance. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already tells us in the Quran that I will never give it to you. Your Rabb is Ghafoor al-Rahim and his Rahmah is in the fact that today you can love him. Today you can worship him. You can humble yourself. Because ayah says, You were arrogant. You were called for salah, you were arrogant. And I will show you today how I deal with your type. Let me show you. Arrogance belongs to me, not you. You were called, you were supposed to show up. You were told to sacrifice, you were supposed to listen. You were told to prostrate, you should have gotten on your knees and with joy, immediately prostrated before your Lord because He gave you the chance to do sajda in front of Him. And yet every day my mu'adhin called you and you turned away. I will show you. Allah says, in the one riwayah, أَيْنَ الْجَبَّارُونَ أَيْنَ الْمُتَكَبِّرُونَ On the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after He causes everything to perish, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will alone remain and He will say, this is before resurrection, أَيْنَ الْجَبَّارُونَ أَيْنَ الْمُتَكَبِّرُونَ لِمَنِ الْمُلْكُ الْيَوْمِ لِلَّهِ الْوَاحِدِ الْقَحَّارِ That where are those arrogant people gone? Where are the oppressors of the world gone? Come forward. All of them are gone. Because everyone will perish but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a lesson for us to remember. In the surah, at the end of it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, كَلَّا سَوْفَ تَعْلِمُونَ ثُمَّ كَلَّا سَوْفَ تَعْلِمُونَ كَلَّا لَوْ تَعْلِمُونَ عِلْمُ الْيَقِينَ لَتَرَوُنَّ الْجَحِيمُ ثُمَّ لَتَرَوُنَّهَا عَيْنَ الْيَقِينَ In the last ayah, 
With every, with every material gift of Allah, with every material gift of Allah comes a responsibility. And with every responsibility comes accountability. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq to be humble and utilize this life that we have. Make the most of it before we leave it and prepare our abode in the hereafter. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.